Welcome to the One Right Church podcast, where we will discuss what it's like to believe that you attend the only right church. My name is Mark Shaw, and I spent the first 45 years of my life in the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City, believing I was in the One Right Church. Our hope is that by simply sharing our story, that we would urge people to look to the Bible for answers instead of their religious traditions. We want to encourage people to trust in Jesus for their salvation and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Well, hey, Scott. Hi, Mark. Good to be back. We uh, we talked about the parable of the uh, prodigal son last week and focusing kind of on the older brother, and I, I got to thinking about that being... Uh, the, the older brother really was shunning or rejecting his brother and, you know, to the point where he wouldn't even call him his brother. Right. And you, so you started out by saying it's good to be back, right? That's something the yeah. younger brother would say. Right. He came back, good to be back. <laughs> right. Not something right. the older brother would say. Right. And so, yeah, he was he was all set to reject not only the brother, but the father as well. It's like, yeah, this is not working for me. Yeah. And so re- rejection is something that I thought we would talk about today. I almost said I wanted to talk about today, but just I thought we would talk about it. Um, It was something that, or is something that's a big part of my life right now. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. been a big part of my life in the past. I've been on both ends of this where I've been the one that's doing the the shunning and and I'm currently the one who is being shunned by friends and family. So so what, would you say shunning and rejecting are the same? I use those words. So I, I kind of, we speak in this lingo that we're used to, you know, that shunning is not something that we use at followers. That's, okay. I'm. I think that is, that's a broad term that, mm-hmm. is, I mean, I think that's used with Islam. I think it's used with Amish. I think it's used with Jehovah's Witnesses. So, I mean, that's used right. all over. Yeah. But, and you're talking then about rejecting. Is that the language that you would use? We A lot of people use rejecting. The most common thing used was being withdrawn from, oh. that you would withdraw from someone. What I have heard is mm-hmm. have nothing to do with. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, it's the same thing, of course. Yeah. The, we're talking all yeah. about the same idea of having nothing to do with or withdrawing from or shunning somebody. Right, right. right. So it's, I mean, to, to clarify what I mean by it exactly, like on, on personal terms, Cindy has been on here before and talked about uh, reconciling with her dad and reuniting with her dad. Mm -hmm. And for basically for 27 years, we really didn't have anything to do with her dad. So you, is this what we're talking about? The formal, we didn't have anything to do with. Yeah. I mean, cause I, there are people in my life I don't have anything to do with, but it's not on, it's not willful on my part or on their part. It's just like, yeah, we don't see each other. Right, but it's it's more intentional when That's it's what, so a family member. You're talking a, about something intentional. Yes, this That's is something intentional. And right. it was it was because he quit going to followers. I right. mean, it's it's in response to that. So But so yeah, we're talking about again, we're just kind of defining terms, mm-hmm. shunning, rejection, having nothing to do with withdrawing, all of those things. Um have to do with something intentional that people do toward other people. Right. Which is a little bit right. different than, say, excommunication. Excommunication is a Catholic term that would uh, be used 
sort of officially by the priests and the higher-ups to say, you're not welcome here, you can't receive the Mass anymore. And that's not good. Excommunication was not a good thing. People did not like that. But it's a little different than this. Yeah, I think it's different. One thing you said that it's that's formal. This is... Right. Uh, this is really informal because, like everything else, people draw their lines at different places. Uh, the The belief or the doctrine itself has evolved over time, like we've talked about so many of the other ones that followers. Okay. How, how so? Yeah. So, well, I just learned recently, for example, that uh, Walter okay. used to. So his mother-in-law did not join the followers' church. So he was. He was married to someone whose parents did not join the followers. Okay. But when she, when, when Walter's wife missed her mother, they would travel. I, I believe they lived in Texas. She, he would take her and they would go visit her mother. And okay. where now, like. Well, so, so. Yeah. yeah. So Walter didn't shun his mother-in-law. Right. Didn't reject his mother-in-law. Right. And then did. Um, so in the beginning, so you, you jumped to now, I wanted to yeah. like, get yeah, to yeah. now later. Yeah. So you said that Walter had some, uh, other things to say about this. So right. Or early on. Yeah. There, yeah. So early on, um, I've heard stories about how people that did not attend followers would come to their family's weddings of, mm-hmm. you know, if they had family who were in followers, they were welcome to come to the weddings. They would attend funerals, um, my grandpa, after he joined the church, mm-hmm. actually still lived with his brother who did not join the church. Okay. Um, that was, that so, was always something that confused me a little bit. But. So how would they know then to reject or not reject? Right, right. That was the other thing that uh, Walter said that he would tell us when— and, I say us um, it was before, you were before born. I was yeah. born, but Walter told the church that he would tell you when to withdraw from someone because you weren't wise enough to know on your own. You, you wouldn't know when okay. it was appropriate. So, and so then Walter passed off the scene. Yeah. And then, what? yeah. Yeah. Then I think really uh, the, the rejection intensified. I don't know how else to say it. It became more of a problem. I think part of it was Walter wasn't here to tell you. So out of fear, I think Mm -hmm. people started being afraid that the whole thing was going to fall apart, that people were going to leave. What do we do? And and it was just, um, it it really got a lot worse. I remember as a kid, a story about, uh, someone whose child got sick. And if someone was sick for an extended period of time, then the elders would come over mm-hmm. and they would try to figure out, in addition to prayer and laying on hands and, and anointing, uh, they would try to figure out what you were doing wrong that was preventing you from getting a blessing. So it was... This sounds very familiar. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. you read the the original in John chapter nine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he came over and this elder came to the conclusion that this girl was not being healed because her parents were still associating with family 
who had left followers. Oh. Yeah. So So this was, was this early after Walter passed away when they no. were still well, they're still Edlers, so yeah. It had to be yeah. you know, within the next 15, 20 years this or would, 16 years. Yeah, this would have been in the early 80s because I, I yeah. was a kid. I, re, I remember this person being sick. Okay. Um, and so out of desperation and fear and wow. wanting to do whatever it took to make their daughter well, uh, her dad went out and called their family who had, and said, we can't be around you anymore and then their daughter got better she Ooh. was yeah and and I, then i can see why this would this would turn up the knob for mm-hmm. sure wow yeah yeah and then this was basically taught then like it it went around this is why they didn't get their blessing and then this is why they did get their blessing so it was uh, it was just, it was a hard line for a lot of people from that point on. Oh, that's it. Yeah. It seems like it's really important to go back and yeah. do a little bit of the history on that. That's very interesting. I did yeah. not, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was an important, um, turning point, I right. think. Um, the, the other part of it, I think that's probably important to say is that there is a big difference in people's eyes at followers between someone who decided not to join and someone who has been a part of it, has known the truth and has chosen to leave. I think that is looked at as much worse than someone who never joined at all. So I think people could probably make uh, draw their line in a different place there and like mm-hmm. say that's why Walter took his wife to see her mother, uh, for she example. Never did. Okay. And, um, so yeah, I think that's, that's probably. And so really, you know, if you fast forward to now, it's, mm-hmm. it's remained, a um, uh, sort of a, you use the word doctrine, a central mm-hmm. plank anyway, in the way to deal with the, the prospect of people leaving. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe other things too, but. Yeah, I think one one more thing I'll say on the the I remember it just came as I was talking about as a kid. The other teaching that I remember as a kid from the pulpit was that they would point to the front door of the church and he'd say that's not a revolving door out there. If you if you want to go out and live a worldly life, uh, you can't just come and go as you please. So it was like I remember as a kid like that's a final like that's it. Like you're choosing a mm-hmm. worldly life uh, if you ever go out those doors and, uh, and that, that you might not even have the option to come back, you know, if was right. what was being taught. So, mm-hmm. well, and that's, I mean, that's one thing. Yeah. Having other people mm-hmm. not, get, you know, withdraw that option from you in a relational way or in a family way or something. That's another thing. Sure. It, so it that, is. I think the, the point I was making was that it was, not only the person that makes the decision to go heard that as a kid, but the people that oh, the people are oh, also yeah. seeing anyone who does walk out those doors. Now they've chosen to make a worldly life. And so it's our it, job to make sure the door doesn't revolve. Exactly. And okay. so it goes hand in hand where as a kid, it was just ingrained in my mind that leaving was kind of synonymous with 
wanting to go live a worldly life. Mm-hmm. And so that, and then that made it to where my whole life I was judgmental to anyone who left. The assumption was, without ever talking to them, the assumption was that they were leaving. That's the only reason to leave is to go live a worldly life. Um, the, we, I, we talked about that before, right? Mm-hmm. Worldly life. I mean, a worldly life is what? Well, I mean, the way that I took it as a kid, for sure, was to just go live, like we talked about the younger brother. Oh, the, be to like go, the Yeah. And oh, yeah, to go okay. and just. We're back there again. Live we? for the this son. Right. Yeah. Totally. It's, and and then again, the, the older brother. Yeah. Saying, huh. Exactly. And he's the one there making sure that it's not a revolving door. You know, it's, it all kind of, you see how it ties together. Okay. That's that's why we follow this one. Yeah. uh, With the, following the prodigal son with this talk. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So it's, um, the, the other thing too, that it does is we have the, the fear that someone is going to, to reject you too. Like if you don't, if you don't draw your line in the right place with a family member, a friend, or whatever, then or you're medical risking medical care too, right? Or medical care some, is maybe a, some a other similar. lines, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but especially when someone leaves, mm-hmm. if you don't uh, disassociate with them, if you don't shun them, if you don't okay. have nothing to do with them, then you're basically telling people you almost might as well leave too. I mean, you're telling people. I'm not changing my relationship with this person, then that causes other people to have to say, then we have to change our relationship with you. And I'm trying to show how this evolved over time. I started, before we left, I started seeing people who were still attending followers who were being rejected by their family who were still at followers. So they would come out to church, but then they still wouldn't get to have anything to do with their children or grandchildren who were who were still there we're still there but but because yeah because of why because they weren't drawing their line or disassociating with someone else or they were um not putting all of their faith in for salvation in attending this church It, it really was when people started to say no this is not how we're saved that started to become the same as going out those doors. So it's so you could even be inside the door yeah. and then the mm-hmm. the line got drawn inside the door for a while. Yeah. Too interesting, okay. Yeah. And that didn't that didn't go on very long because it's really hard to really hard to stay there under those circumstances. I mean, I Yeah, I would we, think so. We were we were faced with that, but we never we didn't go to one uh service after we were basically told, you know, when, when our son and his wife left, we said, we're not going to change our relationship with them. We, we don't think they're going to live a worldly life. We think they're following Jesus. And so I can't read anywhere in the Bible that tells me that I have to change my relationship with them. That was enough for other family members to tell us that we have to change our relationship with you then. You, you can't be part of our lives because we want to stay here. And then they asked us, are we going to see you at church on Thursday night? Mm. And so it, it, you see what I'm saying? It, it evolved from you used to be able to go visit 
your mother-in-law in Texas if you miss them. And now mm. it's mm. It, it just gotten really hard lines. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to hear about it. It must be hard for you to experience, I imagine. Yeah, it it is hard, but... I understand it because I've been guilty of doing it. Okay. So it's um, when when people hear about it that haven't experienced it or grown up in it, if that makes sense, it they react to it in a different way. I think mm-hmm. than than we do. And well, and honest, I mean, prayer and um, trusting the Lord for peace. And uh, I mean, it's it's extremely painful. I'm not going to say that it's not, but you do get a, a peace and, and we have a hope that, that this will change, uh, that others will see that this is not what the Bible calls us to. This is not what we're required to do, mm-hmm. uh, to be in right relationship with God. And, you know, I think this is a characteristic that is, you know, again, like many of the things we've talked about here, broader than just the followers. I mean, of all of the things I know, I mean, what -hmm. you've experienced is as hard as any. Um, But I do think that there are other groups, and many of them, many of the groups that practice shunning also believe they're the one right church. Mm -hmm. Those two things. So the thing we're talking about today is part of uh, this whole, you know, package that makes you believe you're the one right church too. Yeah. Yeah, no, so that's true. You're doing a favor for somebody if you can keep them in the one right church. So, really, this shunning, if that's going to work, yeah, would be a favor, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the one of the main reasons that people do it. I at least, okay, I'm I'm not going to make a blanket statement. I'll just speak for myself. Okay. When when I look back at why I did it, that was that was an excuse that I used that I'm going to. I'm going to withhold my love from that person. I'm going to withhold my association. I, I'm not going to have anything to do with them, hoping that they would come back wanting me to have to do with them again. Like I would drive them to want to come back to me and in a sense, earn my love back. And right. um, that that's what I really was, well, that's what I was saying that I was doing, but what I was really doing was making sure that nobody did that to me. Like I, all I, all I cared about was making sure that I wasn't on the receiving, the receiving end of this. Wow. That's a double-edged sword. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like, but, but it is interesting because I, I think, you know, as we've talked about the, um, the reality of what it means for Christ to have come and died on the cross and rose again and now offer grace to those of us who are sinners, uh, that is, you know, you approach God himself, not with, uh, you know, he is not in heaven withholding his love so that you will, you know, somehow be attracted, you know, 
follow him and get that love back. It's rather, no, it says God so loved the world that he gave his yeah. one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So his interest is in the not perishing and right. the not leaving. And he gave his only son because he loved the world. Yeah. And so it's, he, he did any, he did the very opposite of withholding love. And so the, the reason that I go there is because I think that any relationship that you have with other people that are in your church, let me just say it that way, mm-hmm. is based on what you believe. Right. And if you, if you believe that, yes, in fact, Jesus, uh, you know, died for sinners and rose again and God offers you his love without your earning it. Yeah. Then that is, that's the way you'll respond to people who are on the outside. If you think that, you know, the way we get favor from God is by our earning it and doing the right thing and being in the right church and all that, then you're going to relate to other people in that way. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just, it's kind of that simple. I mean, even first, first John says we love because he first loved us. Right. And if, you know, we withhold our love because he first withheld his love from us. It's that's sort of the way the equation works, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. So you're saying if you think that you have to be saved by your works, then you're going to, you're going to demand that of other you're people make other in your people life too. They're going to have to receive your love based on their works. based on their works. Yeah. And, and in this case, it's, you have to attend this church for us right, to, in this case, yeah. um, you know, be a part of your life. Yeah. And, and I, you know, when I say, again, I don't want to make blanket statements. I, I know that um, we've talked a lot and, and I've had some angry conversations in, in the I'm past sure that have, I've yeah. liked to have do-overs on, but uh, we've talked about that before. But uh, you start to, um, I've had a little bit of an outburst about just stop saying you love me. Like if it's a text message, you, if mm. you won't, if you won't be part of my life, if if we can't be family anymore, then don't tell me you love me. And I think that sounds really like I'm accusing them of not loving me when I say that. So I, I don't I don't like to say that right. anymore. But I I just angrily said that a few times. Mm-hmm. And and I the truth is I do think that family members of mine I I do think they still love me. And I do think that they think what would be best for me is to come back to church there. Mm-hmm. And so as long as someone thinks that that is the way to salvation, then that is, they are, gonna think they it's are best showing that. Yes. And they're, they're wanting me to see the error of my ways and uh, come back to that. Where it gets really difficult for me are the people who are still out there that don't believe that, that, that claim that they do believe they are saved by grace, by the blood of Jesus. Uh, and, and they disagree with the people who are inside the walls, but they'll still associate with them. But like I heard mm-hmm. one friend of mine told me, I think we agree on all of the main things, but we're just on different paths. And I just don't read that in scripture anywhere to where we, if we agree on the primary thing, I think we're on the same path. I I think that it doesn't leave us room to um, reject or shun each other. If, 
if we truly are in agreement. If we're on the same path. If we're, yeah. Yeah. So. And it's the same, you know, with me. Yeah. I would expect if they're on the same path with me, even though I don't go there, or yeah. I don't go to the Presbyterian Church, or yeah. some other church where we claim to be following Jesus, that's the path. Yeah. And yeah, I wouldn't expect them to shun me because we don't go to church at the same place. Right. Nor me, them. Yeah. Yeah. It is, that is an interesting thing because at the same time, they're trying to, um, you know, believe in grace and withhold grace at right. the same time for, for kind of for different reasons. And I think some of this, you, you said, don't tell me you don't love me. And it's, this is related, whether it's family or, or these friends that you're talking about. Yeah. That I, I think it's, you can love something more mm-hmm. than the person that you love. Sure. You know, and I think some of that is a, you know, to sound maybe crass, is just a ranking of loves. I would say they do love you, but they love being accepted there more, or they love, yeah. um, you know, having the security of, being in the same church they're born in more. And yeah. so they know they, they, just like you did, they know they can't have both. And so they, they pick and they, they order those loves in a certain way. And I think that that is, um, that might be helpful in yeah. understanding how someone can love you and sure. still not. But, but the thing is, it's, it, that's sad for me to hear that because, um, you know, I, again, I'm just going with what's in Romans. I mean, the kindness of God leads us to repentance. Right. And I think that there is more than, you know, it was really the kindness of the father that led the uh, younger son to turn around and said, hey, even my father's servants have something to eat better, better than me. I'm right. going to go and plead for just that tiny bit of kindness. And, of mm-hmm. course, he didn't get just a tiny bit. He got lavished with kindness. So... Anyway, I yeah, I think that it's um, that's maybe not the way that you have thought about it, or way you should think about it. But I think that in some in some respects, is happening. I mean, it it happens in all kinds of relationships. I mean, sure. if I um, say that I'm going to go golfing instead of to my kid's soccer game, I I love my kid, but I'm probably saying I love something else more than my yeah. you know in that instance anyway, and that. Right. So it, I just think it's easy for us to do that in lots of different ways, and it sounds to me like that's what's happening here. Sure, yeah, and and I know that that is true because I, like I said, I've been on the the other end of it, mm-hmm. and it's just uh, it, it is that it's a great way of putting it that you are you are prioritizing, and then when you're on that end of it too, you always, I always. Um, put the the blame on the person who decided to go out the doors. You you did this. You you put me in a position to have to prioritize basically. Mm-hmm. But but when I was doing that, I I thought that made me like I washed my hands of it. it. Like you. I was yeah. I'm guilt-free here and I know that's not true now, but that's the way you deal with it when you're there. When you know it's wrong, you just tell yourself this person shouldn't have put me in this position. This is their mm-hmm. fault. And I, it's, 
it's just something that you have to. Well, I mean, <laughs> everybody everybody later. makes their decisions. Yeah, and the person yeah. who went out made their decision. Yep. But then every and really every single day, every single event, every single thing, I can make a decision. Now, sometimes I make a decision that makes a thousand decisions, but right, those are, and that's not all the time. Yeah. But I make a new decision every day about yeah. some things, and that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm. So I think there's the part of the the trying to draw people back. So it's it's kind of that um, I don't know if withholding your love is the right thing, but there's there's the love reason. There's wanting what's best for that person, is, mm-hmm. and then the other side of it is the fear. There's the the fear that that I experienced when we left, when I walked into a different church for the first time, it was terrifying. There's a fear when you're told your whole life that you are in the right place and then you decide to go somewhere else. There just is that fear that what Mm -hmm. if, what if they're right? What if that is the only right place? What, you know, you have, at least I did, I had all these things. And, and so there's this fear of talking to someone who has experienced another church or has left, if you're still talking to them, then there's this fear that they're going to drag you out. They, they use the term a lot that you'll, they'll drip on you. If you talk to people, not even who have left yet, but people who are still there, but talking about being saved by grace instead of by your works, those people will drip on you and eventually they're going to wear you down. And um, I, I could not figure out where they're getting the dripping, the from. dripping, but it's, uh, I, the, the closest I could find, and it's not the same as dripping, but the closest I could find was in Galatians where Jesus or where Paul is, I'm sorry, where Paul is warning them. And, and he talks about a little leaven will leaven the whole lump that, that if, if you let this mm. in, if you let this idea in this wrong thinking, then it's going to consume you and you'll be deceived and you'll you'll leave. And when you look at the, I mean, you can't, that's just taking a single verse completely Mm -hmm. out of context. I mean, that, that is true, but Jesus also says the kingdom of heaven is like leaven too. That, I mean, Mm -hmm. that can be a good thing that you get consumed by a new idea (laughs) is so it's um, yeah, that I think that fear of, being deceived, being drawn out, being led away. I think that's what probably my family that's still there is, is saying has happened to me, that I've been deceived and led away by a, a different doctrine. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I'm sure there's the fear of being dragged out or mm-hmm. being, uh, as you said, dripped on, I suppose. Or Yeah. I don't know, you get dripped on until you're all wet or get dripped on until... You dissolve or something, but yeah. anyway, I don't know that uh, saying either. But some of it is the fear. I mean, there's there's a number of levels of fear. There's fear for you in mm-hmm. leaving, but there's also fear that they would happen to them too, right? I mean, yeah. that's so so the whole thing is kind of uh, uh, swirling, yeah, with various levels of fear. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, fear is definitely a a big part of. The whole process, but and again, I mean the uh, you know fear is uh, there is no fear in love, I mean, right? There because perfect love casts out fear. First John four, right. 
And so th- this whole, th- that seems to me to fit with what we're talking about because with our relationship with God, there's no fear that he won't welcome us back or that he will reject us because there is no fear in love, perfect love. The Father's right. perfect love casts out fear. I think the same thing is true in relationship with people. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so anyway, this is, a, this is a very hard thing to talk about. Yeah, it is. It's... Oh. Yeah, no, it is. And, you know, one of the things that makes it a challenge, I've, I've talked about on here probably several times about at 42 to 45 years old having to go to my family and say, I've raised you saying all these things my whole life, uh, and now I'm telling you that that's wrong and there's something different here. That that sounds immediately like you are turning away from the traditions and and traditions is another huge thing at followers and so um is it, it's second thessalonians 2 uh that i wanted to bring up uh it says therefore brethren stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught whether by word or epistle so when we started having conversations about look the way the way we're treating people when they leave is not what the Bible says to do, I started getting this, I started being told this, that we, our ministry did set it up this way. Like our church leadership did set it up this way. And we can, we can go by that, by their word. So in that, whether by word or epistle, they would take that to mean that anything that our church leadership said had equal authority as what was written in the Bible. Okay, so all of a sudden we are all kind of off um, of projection or shunning and on to uh, what, is, what does it mean to have the Word of God? Yeah. It, I mean, that's a whole different thing. It goes to, it is, and, and maybe this would be a topic for another time, but the reason I bring that up is because that, that reinforces or that... Um, allows them to make the decision to shun someone just for walking out the doors because that's against the traditions that we've been taught. The tradition is don't don't, don't walk leave. out the door. Don't leave. And the tradition is the doctrine basically stay yeah. here. Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. And then it and then it um, it just reinforces your decision to not have anything to do with those people because they've gone against the traditions. And and they would use this verse and say, the Bible says to hold to, to the traditions which you've been taught. And when I left, I, I didn't do that. So mm-hmm. that, but, but if you think about that, I, this is what's always, if, if Paul meant when he wrote that, if he meant that whatever your current tradition is, just stick with it, it whatever tradition that you've been taught, uh, that could apply in, I mean, so many different things, not even just churches, but I mean, churches have a lot of traditions that are not necessarily uh, central to the gospel. Oh, I see what but you're if, getting at. Okay. But if he's, now do we just say shunning is a tradition, so just stick to that and just shun no matter what, because that's what we've been taught. It, that's not what... Paul's saying he's talking about something 
specific when he writes that, but it's just another example of how we would take just a verse and apply it to ourselves and what we wanted it to say and well, read again, into it instead yeah, of out of it. I don't know that it's... Um, I don't want to say that that's what we wanted it to say. Some of it, I think, is um, just, again... When we talk, when we've talked before about interpreting the Bible, yeah, it's w- w- without being able to do that, or without really the the perspective to do that, mm-hmm. um, you're all you're left with is kind of what you come into the Bible with, right? You know, I come into the Bible with tradition means, right. um, You know what, seven hymns or something, right? Tradition right. means uh, this kind of potluck. Tradition means yeah. this kind of party. Tradition means this um, these days. Yeah. Whatever the tradition means, I'm stuck with it. Yeah. Instead of reading the scripture and figuring out, okay, what kind of thing is he talking about here? He's, right. you know, he's talking really about the difference between um, probably some of the um, what some of the uh, Jewish traditions in things, right? That yeah. I think specifically on that one, he was talking about there. I think there were people who were saying that Jesus had already returned, and mm. and he was talking about that. You know, if you go back and uh, read the first couple verses, he's talking about now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to Him. We ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. So that's what he's referring back to when he says by word or epistle. He, he already told them what this same thing was going on in second Timothy too. There were people who were saying that the resurrection had already happened, that Jesus had already returned. And the, the point that I'm trying to make is you can't just take, you can't just look through the Bible for the word tradition and say, okay, I found this, and it says to stick to the tradition that you right. have heard and think that that means that you, Mark, have heard in right. 2023. If you've heard a tradition, stick with that and say that the Bible is supporting so, that. Right, yeah, that's, there's, yeah. there's kind of no way that's going to be the case. Right. I wish that was true, <laughs> but that's, uh, well, well it's, uh, there's no way it's actually going to be the case. If it was true, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, we yeah. would have a lot more One Right Churches. Oh, yeah. Because all of us would have our own One Right thing, because yeah, whatever we kind of come with, we we can just build right in there. Yeah. And we're and then once we make our bed, we're stuck lying in it, Yeah, too, because yeah. we're not going to change it. Yeah. Well, we've... I'm afraid I took us down a little rabbit We've trail been there. All but, over the place um, here, yeah. But I think probably what I'd want to just talk about last on this is is this idea. Not I'm not promoting a revolving door either between being in the church and being in the world. That's not what I'm saying. But I, I'm I am saying there's not anything special about the the front door of a specific building, and and that just leaving that shouldn't change. Uh, shouldn't make you go from the church to the world just by going through a certain front door. But the other thing to talk about is 
how does the Bible tell us to look at the world? Because this is really uh, where shunning and rejection and stuff can apply on a broader level is what are we looking at? Why do we think we can mistreat someone because they're not doing what we think they should be doing? Or the Bible calls us to, to love those people, to, we want to reach out to them. We want to, to bring them back. We want to tell them the gospel. We want them to know that Jesus loves them. Uh, it's, and so it was just, that was a new idea to me because I, I grew up with this separation, that there was us and them. And, man, I'm just I'm glad that's not the case with Jesus, that, mm-hmm. that based on your uh, standing, that based on where you are, if you've gone out that door or not, that that's going to somehow affect the way he feels about you. And uh, we would, I, I don't know if I'm saying that clearly enough, but I just, I just think that the way that I treated people when they left followers really showed a bigger problem in my heart. It, it was that older brother thing again. It was looking at the younger brother based on his actions and looking at his the father. Worldliness. His worldliness. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And then looking at the father and, and not understanding the father because I thought he looked at him the same way I did. And that was, that was a hard thing to come to that, mm. oh, God doesn't look at people the same way I look at people. That yeah. Way. And I, I think what, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I've already mentioned John three sixteen for God so mm-hmm. loved the world. I mean, you're talking about worldliness. Yeah. God so loved the world. And yeah. uh, he would say, he would look on, uh, the world, or look out on Jerusalem, or look out on people, and they were like sheep. He had compassion on them, yeah. like sheep without a shepherd. And right. he, you know, his his orientation mm-hmm. was really the orientation we see in the father toward the younger son. Right. And so, to to realize that that um, you know what I'm familiar with. Okay, I'm not familiar with really. With, thankfully with what you're talking about with this level of rejection. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there is some biblical teaching about how to deal with, you know, people who not are worldly, but who are actively uh, in um, sin and rebellion against God for the sake of their own. You do it for the sake of their soul. And just, you know, Matthew 18 says, your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. So you're really trying to be protective and mm-hmm. careful. If he listens to you, great, you've gained your brother. If he doesn't listen, take, you know, one or two along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Yeah. And so you're, you're sort of do, escalating in order to help the person recognize that the the sin that they are committing is serious against you and against God. And then if he refuses to listen to that group, tell it to the church. And this is kind of as close as I can come to it. If he listens, if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Let him be mm-hmm. these outsiders. Now, yeah, granted the Gentile and tax collector to a, to a Jew was you know, neither one of those was like, you know, very great right. by any means, but th- that's not how they were to Jesus. Right. I mean, 
Jesus um, uh, loved and healed Gentiles and yeah. turned tax collectors into disciples and authors of books of the Bible. And the person who wrote that was a tax collector. Yeah, yeah. for a matter of fact, yeah. yeah. And so he, you know, he recognized how Jesus approached mm-hmm. tax collectors, and so taking that approach. Right, so let's yeah. take the approach of Jesus toward the Gentiles and tax collectors. That somehow they might be like the younger brother, one back to the father, right. is is kind of what you're getting at, right? Yeah. I mean, and so the bigger problem is how do you view that outsider? And if they're like to be, if the outsiders to be shunned, if the if the Gentile and tax collector are to be rejected altogether, and have nothing to do with them, then somebody who joins them or does right. that would make sense. But the, the bigger problem, when you, we said I, there's a bigger problem here, I think the bigger problem then is I don't really get how the father uh, is approaching the younger brother. I don't understand that. And, and really, <laughs> funny thing, when, when Jesus told the story of the prodigal son, he was telling it because some people didn't like Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners. Right. And mm-hmm. that, it was very much the tax collector himself that was at the issue of that very parable. Yeah. And so uh, the father's just looking out every day and running and you know embracing this tax collector. Yeah. And so if, let me say it this way, if the church, um, the One Right Church or my church or anybody's church, sees tax collectors like Jesus, so tax collectors, sees the outsider like Jesus sees the outsider, uh, it would be, I think, a winsome yeah. approach, one that looks out over the horizon, are they coming back yet? Yeah. Kind of look. And so there's a, that's, a, that's a different problem than rejection. It is, a, it is a categorical problem that I don't get the Father's love for the yeah. sinner, basically. Yeah, and I, and I think the connection that I would want to make with that is that if... If I would have gotten that, if if I would have understood that part, then it wouldn't have it wouldn't have left room for the the rejection of someone for just walking out the doors at followers. Mm-hmm. You know, it it wouldn't leave room for any of us to to reject someone just for going to a different church. That it just it would all be taken care of. But but we didn't look at it that way. And what was really uh, Again, confusing to me. There, there was another hymn that we would sing there. You and your hymns. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, hey, it's it's where I heard the gospel. It's yeah, um, no. they're they're important. But what do you got? Uh, rescue the perishing. And I, I was always really confused as we would read this, just because of the the situation there, where no new people could come. We didn't we didn't talk to anybody about our faith. We didn't go. But you would sing Rescue the Perishing. But, but we would sing Rescue the Perishing, okay. Care for the Dying, Snatch Them in Pity from Sin and the Grave, Weep o'er the Erring One, Lift Up the Fallen, Tell Them of Jesus the Mighty to Save. Wow. What would, would it say about doing something with the Erring One? Yeah. Weep over, over them. Weep over See, that's a different thing than yeah. reject them, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. dear. So it... We would sing that, and it, I mean, after, we've talked about it before, the songs just becoming new, and like really seeing them with new eyes, but when I would sing, this was hard to sing, like, I'm out there, and still not having to do with my brother, still not Mm. having to do with Cindy's dad, and 
singing Rescue the Perishing, even if I thought they were perishing. Or airing. I wasn't doing any. Or they were airing. certainly airing, right? Yeah, so it, weep over the airing, right? Yeah, oh. and and I, I wasn't doing it, but we would sing this. Mm. And yeah, it's, yeah, there, it's just so good. There's uh, down in the human heart, crushed by the tempter, feelings lie buried that grace can restore. Touched by a loving heart, wakened by kindness, chords that are broken will vibrate once more. Well, I'm getting emotional just reading that. Oh, that's it's beautiful, uh, isn't it? Yeah, they're great. But so, yeah, I, I just think, I guess I'll finish with to see people, for the older brother to see the younger brother the way he should have, he needs to see the father the way he should have. Right. And to do that, we need to believe the gospel. We, mm-hmm. we have to. We have to know that God sent Jesus and that what he did is enough. And if we believe that, then it, it takes care of everything, mm. you know. So I just think that's, uh, uh, once again, the gospel is, is the answer to the problem. So. Right. And, and how you see the Father yeah. and the Father's love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, right. Mark. Well, thanks for getting through this with me. <laughs> <All right>. Okay. <laughs> Well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.